0: blog talk radio
1: hey everybody thanks for listening to the big talker podcast on the blog talk radio network i'm burke allen live at Stately Allen Manor here in the suburbs of Washington, D.C., hunkering down in the midst of a global pandemic and taking your phone calls at 516-418-5635, 516-418-5635, the program brought to you by our friends at SpeakerMatch.com the United States' largest online speakers bureau doing lots of innovative things as speakers are doing their talks virtually these days. If you'd like to find out more, log on to SpeakerMatch.com. And today we're going to talk about managing the stress of self-isolation and social distancing and getting through this crisis together. I think, and I may be wrong, that getting through this well is going to require more than just some uh, liberal hand-washing, and that's why we're talking to my buddy terry connell today terry is uh, a guy who's got a pretty broad background to help you get through stress he's written an article on medium.com it's getting lots of eyeballs about this exact thing he's a a licensed acupuncturist and a yoga instructor he's got a therapy background he joins us from downtown washington dc to talk about self-isolation and social distancing and best practices terry first of all how are you getting through this
0: Uh, I am getting through it one day at a time, like the rest of us, I would say, huh?
1: Fair enough. It's it's a whole different way for people to live. And um, I know you, and I know that right before, and I mean right before all this happened, you were living in paradise on the beach in Mexico, (laughs) and you thought, you know what, I'm going to come back to the U.S. and not be an expat anymore. And I'm wondering, Terry Connell, are you rethinking that plan at this point?
0: Yeah, a bit of the Murphy's Law. No, uh, no, 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 no. I, you know, it was really clear to me that it was time to leave. It's unfortunate that I land in town, But the truth is, you know, Bayarta is getting hit by this as well. Their their whole city has shut down. They have closed, you know, their high season ended two and a half months early. And that, that town's going to be like the rest of us. We're all kind of reeling and trying to figure out what it means and how to move forward.
1: Terry is uh, also an award-winning screenwriter and uh, Cowley Literary Award nominee for his memoir, Slaves to the Rhythm. His latest book is A Little Chatter. It's a collection of short stories about uh, growing up and family relationships and that sort of thing, both available at Amazon.com. I would say bookstores bookstore is everywhere, but right now you best not head out to the bookstore. You might want to do your <laughs> online ordering. I, I want to talk to you about the books. Before we get into that, because of your unique background and what you have done and what you do, I want to talk to you about your tips that you bring up in this Medium.com article about dealing with self-isolation and social distancing, and I want to start with something that I think a lot of people maybe don't know what it is, this this uh, acupressure. You're an acupuncturist, but acupressure Correct. is something different.
0: Acupressure is, it's like acupuncture's little cousin, right? It works with the same theory and the same idea around energy and how it moves to the body. Uh, The difference between acupressure and acupuncture is the use of needles, mostly, right? Um, Acupuncturists will use needles as part of the treatment, and with acupressure, you know, it's using your hands, using massage, um, and it's something that people can actually do at home. It's often something that I will assign as homework for my clients, is to do some things at home to, you know, help continue the the positive effects of, of the treatment.
1: Now, to be clear, you're not recommending that folks in uh, an affected area, which is, I guess, pretty much everywhere in the United States now, you're not recommending they go out and visit the, the local licensed acupuncturist. I would imagine most of those people are not up and running right now. Is that right?
0: Yeah. Well, I'm not in my office. I, I don't know of any colleagues right now that are seeing clients. I think we are all respecting what's the uh, you know, the recommendations, distancing and just letting this thing play out a little bit. It doesn't make sense to see people and, and put yourself at risk or your clients at risk. Um, All right. so, no, so having I said say, that,
1: what can you do with the acupressure on your own? If you're self-isolating or maybe you're at you're at home with your family, what hmm. do you do? Give me some specifics.
0: Well I will talk specifically about just how to manage the stress whole situation because that's where it can be really best applied. Um, and it's it's a very simple Idea, right? And it's just this idea of using some massage to help release energy and release some tension. Um, so we have these, you know, there are two different points in the body that have some of some energetic effect to it, right? Um, I often talk about that point between the thumb and first finger. We call it the web of the thumb and the first finger there. I mean if you just take your right hand and use your first and finger and thumb and start to squeeze that space between your thumb and finger on the left hand, right? You're going to feel it's a little sore. It's most of us. It's, it's always going to be pretty tender. Um, and it's a good point to help release tension, to help release headaches. And if you just give it a rub for around 10 seconds and then switch hands and try the same thing on the opposite side, um, it will change, right? It's the, it's the energy will shift. It's the whole action of this, this kind of work. Um, And then you can pick points further away. Right. I think the feet are a really good way to help kind of ground energy. Right. Our feet will connect us to the earth. Right. So if you can massage your feet or have your partner or your children massage your feet, you know, have a little five minute massage train going around the house, you're going to it's going to feel good. I mean, I can't say I don't know anyone who hasn't said. I don't want a foot massage, right, if you had the opportunity. (laughs) That's right. And it has some very definite energetics effects, right? So if you think about way energy, and like most of us, the energy rises and kind of sticks in our head. We are in our thinking a lot that's in our head, right? So if you can literally shift the energy and pull it away from there, physically doing it, right, you start to bring the attention away from your head. You're in your hands and your feet. You're already starting to do something. And then there are all these ripple effects from it. So try it out. It's, it's really lovely. It's a great thing to do.
1: You've got a lot of, of really actionable tips in the medium.com article. I'm not going to spoil them. I'd like for you to kind of go through them, but I, I do want to touch on one of the first ones, and it seems to be a pretty common theme um, for folks of us that, that are in the media business. We may bristle a little bit, although personally I don't at all, and that is limit your exposure to the media during this pandemic.
0: Oh, Talk to me absolutely. about your thoughts there. Well, I don't think it helps to, um, you know, I always call it the, it's kind of the car crash syndrome, right? You you start to watch the news and it's so kind of addictive and it's, you kind of get drawn in. And I have to say the news programs want you to watch. That's part of what they do. They have programmers that want you to stay and watch their whole thing. But I think you can get most of the information you need within the first five, ten minutes of a, the beginning of a newscast, right? Um, so I Say budget it, right? Give yourself a five minute ten minute thing in the morning, maybe at lunchtime and then in the evening, and everything else, step away, right? It doesn't change. You go back at noon and the stories haven't changed that much from eight o'clock in the morning, right? So um, yeah, just give yourself a little break. The less you are stimulated and kind of drawn into that stress, the less stimulated and stressed you will be. It kind of makes it's an a plus b equals C kind of thing, yes.
1: Well, you're exactly right. And and to your point of, of folks that make TV, they make TV with the intention to have you watch more TV. And, uh, uh, you know, I don't think either one of us are saying uh, you don't want to be an ostrich and stick your head in the sand. Maybe check in in the morning, maybe check in, you know, in, in late afternoon. And it's not going to change that much. And certainly if it, <laughs> really if it does, we're going to get a text about it in today's
0: world. And listen, here's the other thing. If you're just a TV kind of person and you just want to hang out on the couch, great. Go to Netflix. I am a big fan of RuPaul. Check it out. You know anything that's going to just be lighter and literally put you in a different mind frame is going to feel better, right? It's you know just you don't have to continue to be in stress. You can step away from it and you know give yourself another another place to.
1: I think that makes lots of sense. Terry Connell is our guest today um, and he is an expert on managing the stress of self isolation and social distancing and you can visit him online at terry connell c o n n e l l dot net terry t e r r y terry connell dot net if you'd like to be a part of our program we'd love to talk with you at five one six four one eight five six three five We also are taking questions in our chat room today here at the uh, Big Talker Podcast and the Blog Talk Radio Network as we broadcast live from here in Washington, D.C. Okay, so we limit the amount of news programming that we're right. consuming. What else do you recommend that is, is actionable that folks can do to, to sort of tamp down the stress and anxiety during these times? Right,
0: situations? right. All of a sudden, if, you, if you're not watching TV, what are you doing, right? Um, well, I think you can do a few things. I am a big fan of music. And I, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a child of the 80s, 60s, like I grew up in that whole 60s, 70s, 80s, and, you know, mixtapes were a big thing. I have my iTunes library, and I've got all kinds of different mix lists, right? So make a mix list, listen to music, you know. Um, you and I were talking a little earlier about uh, a suggestion online that was saying go back and listen to the full albums, you know, things that we did in the 70s and 80s, right? Put your headphones on and listen, for me, it was Jackson Brown's Running on Empty, right? That was just a, a classic album you can listen front to the beginning and end. Um, yep. But so, again, it's anything that's going to take you and move you into a place that feels good, right?
1: How much is routine important in your estimation? I've talked to some experts who say, you know, having a routine and sticking to that routine, and and maybe it's altered. Certainly it's going to be altered Uh, to a certain extent. But but keeping that routine of, okay, I'm going to get up. I'm going to get dressed. I'm going to, you know, not look like the big Lebowski throughout the day. I'm going to make up the bed.
0: (laughs) Uh, You know, I'm going to eat my meals at roughly the same time. Yeah, I, I, I think it depends on who you are and what your situation is. I, I think if you're a household that's got kids, routine is absolutely helpful, right? Even if it's a flexible routine, right? So maybe, you know, I, I don't think you can stick to 9 o'clock is spelling and 10 o'clock is math and 11 o'clock is history. Like, I don't think you have that opportunity in this situation. But you make time for schoolwork. And if you've only got one computer and three kids that need to get on it, then someone's going to suffer. You have to get used to the idea that not everything is going to work the way it's supposed to. So let that be where you go from, right? And everything else is going to be okay, right? If everything you know is not going to be the way it should, then everything's going to be better than it was. It's a lot of words, but basically just be flexible and be, um, you know, so I, routine for kids absolutely is really helpful. Um, And a little indulgence isn't a bad thing, you know, but I also know people who like I know people who are saying, listen, I get up every day. I take a shower. I put on my work clothes and I act like I'm still going to work because that's right for them. Right. I have another friend who said, you know what, this is she doesn't have kids. And she goes, this is kind of the maternity leave. I never got to have. So she she's been doing things. You know, she sent me a text yesterday. She got up at four and did some work, and then took a 15-mile bike ride and came home and took a nap. Right? She's just enjoying this opportunity to be a little indulgent. So there, I, you know, it kind of runs the spectrum, and I think it's all good, depending on who you are and what speaks to you. Right? Today, I didn't do a thing. Yesterday, I was up and I made some bread and I worked out and I took the dogs for a two-hour walk. Today, I got up and it was raining and I thought, ugh. I went back to bed for two hours, right? I think every day is going to be a little different too. So there's, there's, you know, there's a bit of fluidity in this idea around what I think is, you know, the importance of having structure. How's that for an answer and a long answer for that, right?
1: Yeah, it's a great answer. <laughs> uh, you know, I think in, in times like these, you do have to be flexible in ways that is very uncomfortable for
0: some exactly. people. Exactly. There, you know, I, like I don't want to like it's one of the things that has really helped me through a number of different things as I've gone through life when I started studying yoga and became a yoga teacher the the concept of ego is a big part of it right and the idea in, in a yoga practice is to step away from ego and not let the ego be the thing that's driving right you can't stop your ego you can't stop your thoughts you can't stop the desire for some control so instead of just letting the ego drive what if he's in the passenger seat and you think about doing something a little different like the kid in the back seat is not going to stop complaining but you're still going to drive somewhere and take control in a different way um so if your ego isn't always pulling and you can step back and and stop judging yourself for what you should be doing then i think you're going to be a little better off
1: I love that and and i think there's a a school of thought that is Pretty broad there. I have a, a pal who's a retired Green Beret. He wrote a book that talks about getting comfortable being uncomfortable, and that is something we yeah. teach to you in the military. And I think, yeah. you know, to a lesser extent, many of us are doing that today. Terry Connell, by the way, is our guest. Thank you for listening to the Big Talker podcast. It's brought to you by our buddies at speakermatch.com. If you're a speaker, you want to be a speaker, or if you're a meeting planner looking for a speaker, visit speakermatch.com. And uh, that whole speaking industry is adjusting as well to doing lots of things virtually and online. Terry, yesterday, my son, who is, uh, is a freshman in high school, had his first uh, virtual guitar lesson. His, his teacher you know, did that online. And, and I wonder, because you have a, a broad background as a therapist working with, with kids, with teens, with adolescents, what your thoughts are in a general sense on how you communicate what's happening with your kids.
0: I think you need to normalize whatever their feelings are, right? So um, it's so easy to want them to feel better, right? So, but it doesn't help them to say, oh, don't feel that way or it'll get, you know, don't just, don't worry about it um, because they will, whether you ask them to or not. So allow opportunity to talk about what their worries are and, um, and talk about your own, right? I think it helps to have a parent who is able to model things as well, right? So if you are feeling some concern, it's not wrong to sit down with your kids and let's say something like, let's talk about what's happening and how we're feeling. And if you can start and say things like, I'm feeling a little worried, and but talk about it in the context of what it means, right? Because I love you. I worry because I want to make sure everyone's okay. And then you finish something like, and we're going to work on this together, and it's going to be fine, right? Like you, you help them to express themselves, and you kind of – tag it with a little way that's going to make them feel like moving forward, everything will be all right, even if they're not okay, right? Um, and you just need to give everyone a little space to be a little crazy, right? I, there was a family, this is a while ago, there was a family I was working, well, it's true, right? There was a family I was working with, and um, part of what we were helping the parents do was give the kids an opportunity to be a little more in control of themselves and how they're feeling and how they establish boundaries, Right. So if a kid was feeling a little too aggravated, you know, they had a little catchphrase, and the phrase was feeling overwhelmed, and that was the cue for the parents to back off and stop asking the kids questions, and it was also a way for a kid to feel empowered about taking control of their how they're feeling, right? And, they, and that was the cue. If you're feeling overwhelmed, everything stops. The kid walks away, takes a few breaths. The parents can have an opportunity to understand where and how this went this way. Right? So you devise some things that are going to be helpful for everyone. So and I've got a, you know,
1: a, a chat room here, and, and Dennis in uh, Omaha, Nebraska, is chiming in. And, and he said, I, I want to push back on Terry a little bit about parents, and I'm paraphrasing here, parents who are showing weakness in front of their kids and, <laughs> and making them more scared by saying they're scared. What, what say you to that?
0: I don't. Well, I. This will become a, a, a point of opinion, I think. and um, and I understand what you, Dennis is saying. But it's not about showing weakness; it's about expressing emotion. And I think they are two very different things, right? So it's okay I think to say you can express. you're scared. I, exactly, and that becomes a place of strength, right? The minute you can kind of control it and own it, it's not pulling you anymore. You have a certain amount of kind of your ability to kind of be in it and not have it be pulling you. Right. So Dennis, I get the concern and I understand the need to be strong for your family and your children. Um, and my response would be is be strong for your family and your children. And if you feel like it's not appropriate to discuss your worries with your children, I, you don't have to go into you know detail about everything like mortgage and job and things like that. But you can say things like, yeah, I understand what it means to be worried. I have been worried, and what has helped me is right. So,
1: Dennis, thanks I for listening. That it's, makes It's sense. a great question. No, no, no. I, I think it does make sense. I think it's it's a nuanced thing. It's all in how you say. It
0: is a what nuanced thing, and I I, like, I really get Dennis' concern. But it, and if he's not able to, have money to- whether it's a partner or whatever like it, there needs to be some way that he can kind of deal with his own concerns that don't involve his children. He's absolutely right. The kids don't have to take care of their parents, but they can learn from their parents how their parents deal with stress.
1: Hey, one of the things lots of folks are saying is, gosh, I'm finally getting the chance to to read that book that's been on my shelf for months and months and months, and I never have time to read normally. And and I want to spend a few minutes talking about that piece of it because, hey, you're an author, and I'm sure you would love folks to to read your books. I wonder what what you're reading right now, if you are reading. Is that something you're doing to take up some extra time? It
0: it is part of what I'm doing. I, I actually just finished the second in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Oh, really? Read That's great. Of, yeah, I, it's great. I haven't read it since I was in high school. Um, you know, I knew I had all of this time ahead of me, and it's a pretty dense, you know, bit of reading. So, yep. why not? Um, and it was also you nice to you got to make
1: a commitment there if you're going to read one of those books. You need. A exactly.
0: I Tolstoy's War and Peace doesn't speak to me, but The Lord of the Rings does. I can handle that a little <laughs> better.
1: Your books, uh, Slave to the Rhythm and A Little Chatter, both available at Amazon.com, and, and also you can check them out on Terry's website, TerryConnell.net. If a big, thick uh, you know, Lord of the Rings book uh, might scare you, something like uh, A Little Chatter might be right up uh, your alley. It's a collection <laughs> of short stories, and, and it's about your growing up, and you grew up in a very unique way with a huge family.
0: I I have 10 siblings, it's true. I I did grow up in a unique way. And I just want to like I I want to kind of just correct this a bit the, the the stories kind of come from where I grew up. They're not about my childhood or about things that I did. There are certainly elements of what I did as a child that have shown up in those stories, um but the stories are fiction. Some of the details might be based on what I, you know. So You know, one thing I can think of is I definitely rode down the laundry chute at the nuns retreat house when I was in eighth grade. (laughs) 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 That, That was very real and shows up in one of the stories. Um, That's right. And I I guess we should
1: make that delineation that a little chatter is a a collection of fictional short stories about uh, family relationships and coming of age. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Um, And and so, yeah, maybe reading a a short story or a collection of short stories may be a way to kind of get back into, into reading. Um, What other tips do you have for folks that, that uh, are looking for productivity And coping with anxiety during this time.
0: Well, it's all about changing. Like, if we can go back to that conversation about ego and start there, right? It's about changing whatever the ego is saying, right? So stress really becomes a product of our own mental thoughts and external the external situations and how we end up filtering them. Um, So rather than that whole car crash thing about just staring at something that's really stressful change it up. Uh, Like I said, I'm learning how to bake bread, sometimes not so well, but yesterday was a pretty good attempt. Um, I've been doing some writing. If people are into that kind of stuff, right, if there's a project you've wanted for a while, you have the opportunity, but there's also the flip side to it, right? I, you know, people, a friend of mine's like, now I've got all this time and I should be getting to all these projects I got around my house, but I don't want any of them. You know, am I responsible to no, know Don't do any of them, right? This is, you know, there is no wrong way to move through what we're dealing with, right? And um, so if you don't have the energy to paint your back room today, then go hang out in the garden, right? It's music. Take a you yoga know, I want to touch on right. something you,
1: you just said there, Terry, though, that, about writing. And, and we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, you're an award-winning screenwriter, a Cali Literary Award nominee. But But you were not always an award-winning author. You were not always a guy that had written a couple of books and a screenplay. Um, That's kind of come along. At some point, you were just a guy who decided to write. So if someone's listening and they're going, you know, I've always wanted to write whatever, my family history or, or, you know, write anything, how do you get off go? How did did you get started as a writer?
0: Um, Well, it just became a... You know, for me, my first book really was the response to something happening in my own family. So there was a lot. Uh, it was a passion project for me. Um, and that was my motivation. And I didn't know what I was doing when I sat down. I just started. And, the you know, there's this great phrase in writing that writing is actually rewriting. Right? So whatever you put down on the page the first time, trust me, it's not going to look that way. If you're going to, if you're serious about writing a book, because you end up going back and you edit and you change and you reconsider. So again, take the ego out of the, out of the equation, right? Don't worry about what you're doing. Just do it. Right. So it, it was a perfect connect for me writing in my yoga, program, right? Cause they're both about practice and not about results. So, so sit down I think that's and great just,
1: advice. You're saying just uh, you write and you just let it out and you go back and you'll correct it all later. So don't get caught up on the grammar would, and the know, punctuation.
0: No, like I got up in the morning, I would sit down and I would write for, I, mean, I got up early. Like I was up at three thirty, four o'clock in the morning. I took two hours before I went to the office and I would sit down and write. And it took a while to get used to not hearing the doubt in my head. Cause it's always there, but you know, you just, at some point you just go, all right, let me just see what I can do. And then the next day I'd go back and I'd read what I had written and I'd think, Oh, this is okay. And I'd save a paragraph, save a sentence and I'd start over again. And at some point you start to build, first of all, you start to exercise that creative muscle, right? You start to see things from a more creative and interesting point of view. And the second thing is you start to build momentum and it kind of starts to carry, you start to see the progress and you can step back and understand where you go. And be ready to rewrite. And you know, that other, there's a big saying in in writing kill your darlings, right? Don't think because you put something on paper, it has to be something that stays there. Um, And don't be thinking just because you're going to write that it has to be published. Maybe all you do is write. Like it doesn't have to go any further. Or sit down and grab a piece of paper and a pencil and start to draw things around your house. Like there are tons of ways to fill time. That are creative. If you just can get the ego to sit in the back seat for a little while and be okay with being uncomfortable.
1: When you wrote the the book of fictional short stories, the little chatter, was that easier to write short stories than to write that memoir? You know about your own life and, and yeah, your experiences.
0: Different. But so that the memoir really did have this. I mean, it literally pulled me out of bed at three in the morning, four in the morning, to get to work. Um, And then it was this weird thing that followed up, right? I wrote this book and I thought, all right, I'm going to publish it. And I started getting feedback and people were like, oh, you can write. That's really nice. So the next question for me was, all right, could I do something that wasn't the same way? Could I actually be a writer and not have it be a story that was coming from a place of, you know, merely from a place of need? Um, So short stories just seemed like an easy option, right, if I wanted to play with fiction, this seemed like a good place to go, Um, and it took a while, right, those stories I started seven, eight years ago, and it took, and it wasn't constant work, like I'd work on them, and then I'd put them away, and then I started working on the screenplay, and back to the stories, so it was a bit of kind of crop rotation, right, I wasn't always working on one thing, and then I had my acupuncture and yoga teaching I was doing in the middle of all that as well, so it was and it was a bit of scattered energy but the result is great I really like the book I'm really happy with how it turned out
1: I think you'll like it too if you want to check out Terry's books the uh, short stories collection is called A Little Chatter Slaves to the Rhythm is the memoir and uh, Terry I appreciate you spending time with us today this has been enlightening and interesting and most of all I think very usable some great tips on managing the stress of self-isolation and social distancing and At the end of the day, as we wrap it up, I think you would say there's not just one way to do this. There are lots of ways to do
0: it. Absolutely, and play around on all of them.
1: (laughs) Fair enough. Terry Connell, our guest today on the Big Talker podcast on the Blog Talk Radio Network. Thank you so much for listening. We do it every weekday at noon Eastern Live, and uh, we would love to hear from you. If you like the show, tell us. If you don't like the show, Don't tell anybody. (laughs) SpeakerMatch.com is our sponsor, and they are the United States' largest online speakers bureau. I'm Burke Allen, live in Washington, D.C. Stay safe. Thanks, everybody.